in a soap opera. It's soap opera acting, right? I'm not expecting him to give me Anne Hathaway and Les Mis, right? He's not singing live and crying. It's fine. Um, he's doing his weird yelling. He's growly. He's not wearing a white tank top in this one because he's evil now. Now he has to wear a black t-shirt and a black jacket and dark wash jeans. Welcome to Mortified, The Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a juicy submarine. And this week, we tear our family apart in The Fate of the Furious. Before we reveal that when one of our wives was presumed dead, we found love and moved on and had a secret child with our other lover that they hid from us uh, because we just discovered our dead wife was alive. Uh, remember, you can help us on Mortified the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla? Aaron? Is this franchise a soap opera? I mean, yes. <laughs> it's We are really getting into some... Uh, some levels, some layers of relationships and uh, heightened drama that are, can, I can only describe as like General Hospital-esque. You wait. <laughs> oh no, there's one more movie. There's one more movie and it gets crazier. I can't, I can't. After this reveal that, that we'll talk about that I just uh, foreshadowed, um, I was, I was, I lost my mind. I, was, I can't believe this is what it was like to be, you know, uh, a housewife in the, I, I guess, fifties, whenever they started selling these advertisements on, on detergent, uh, and watching, uh, programs with unhinged twists. That's what I felt like when, when that reveal happened. And I was like, oh, I get it now. I get the appeal of melodramas and soap operas. And, and, and I always like chick, um, you know, chick flicks, but like, this is like, yeah, this is it. I'm I'm here for it. I'm sure this will not surprise you or any of our listeners, but my grandma and I, when I was growing up with her in Moscow, our pastime was watching uh, dubbed over telenovelas. So I was watching Spanish and Brazilian soap operas dubbed over into Russian. And my grandma's favorite story to tell is apparently like the main male romantic lead was like, oh, I love you. And I love her also. And I just, without even blinking, looked up for my coloring book for like a second. And I was like, you'd think you'd have made up your mind by now. <laughs> went back to coloring. And then uh, I did also try to figure out who a character was by being like, oh, what's her name? The slut in the yellow dress. I was like five. <laughs> so I'm sure uh, that uh, fills in some important context about why I am the way I am. It sure does. Um Layla, this is the eighth installment in the Fast franchise. We famously did number seven uh, in our first dive into the fran franchise uh, that for last year, but now we are skipping ahead, um, and we are really putting all these pieces back together. Um, I mean, just real general thoughts or feelings about it? I liked this one, <clears throat> but Act 2 lost me. Yeah, I, I think 
I think I agree. I think we also watched slightly different cuts. I think you got a couple extra minutes in there, which probably didn't help with the pacing issues, but I don't necessarily think you're wrong. Yeah, I got 13 extra minutes. Uh, I will tell you, I think just watching The Rock do the haka again was worth it. I, th- I, th- mm-hmm. I thought that was very charming. I think I also got a couple of extra minutes of um, Shaw and the Baby, which it was a couple extra too many minutes of Shaw mm-hmm. and the Baby. Yeah. Um, like, there was a moment where I was like, okay, we get it. You're talking to the baby. Like, this should have been on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Um, and it was generally just, like, added lines that give everybody a little bit more screen time, which I didn't mind. That being said, I do think that, like, Act 2, there's just too much going on. Mm-hmm. There's too many storylines. So, um, it just did not help that everybody was quipping when I wanted the movie to go faster. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think these movies are getting a little long in the tooth, but also I think we had some pretty solid action sequences in here. Um, and let's let's just talk about them. I think it's my turn to do the summary. Uh, basically, uh, while honeymooning with uh, new wife Letty, uh, Dom Toretto is recruited slash manipulated into assisting international cyber criminal Cypher. Uh, with stealing an EMP and basically joining her team. Uh, basically, she she blackmails him with some information we don't learn uh, until halfway through the movie. Um, this is a you know amateur mistake by Dom Tretto. If I was married to Letty Ortiz, I would simply never leave her side. Uh, so that one's on you, big boy. Uh, however, Hobbs, uh, the, the cop from the last couple films, uh, a.k.a. The Rock, plus the remaining family members, plus Deckard Shaw, who is the bad guy in number seven, uh, Jason Statham, um, are recruited by uh, Mr. Nobody. uh, And and he also has a sidekick now, whose name is Little Nobody, (laughs) um, to fight both uh, Dom and Cypher. But unfortunately, um, things go bad, and and they get into a lot of hijinks, but it's revealed that Dom is being blackmailed by Cypher because she has captured Elena, who is his love interest from, I want to say, Five is when is the one that The Rock is in, with where Elena is introduced, um, and they fall in love and are bond over their dead um, spouses. Uh, but Elena also reveals that while they were uh, together before it was revealed that Letty came back, they had a son together, and she just didn't tell him because Letty had just come back, and it would be like, you know, kind of a, it's a bad, it's a lot to drop on a man, you know? Uh, and Elena, uh, a saintly woman did not want to do that. Um, and instead now she's been captured by Cypher. Um, so Dom steals a nuclear football from the Russian minister of defense. Uh, but Cypher kills Elena because basically during this, the sequence, Letty confronts Dom and he, he shows weakness and doesn't shoot her for the football. Um, and then, you know, they have to get some other guy to come take it from her. But uh, basically, she kills Elena, and that's that's no good. And she's like, next time, I'm going to kill your son. Ha ha. Uh, I'll shoot a baby. I'm evil. Uh, played by Charlize Theron. Um, I should I should add, uh, Cypher's a very good villain. Um, the team, however, you know, un- undaunted by Dom's betrayal, reunites. They assault a Russian separatist naval base that has a nuclear submarine on it. Um, but because Dom has recruited both Deckard Shaw and his, uh, brother Owen Shaw, uh, after asking their mom, played by Helen Mirren, um, to, to help him out, uh, he, they're able to secure the baby, which means Dom can be back on the good team, re, you know, 
make sure that all the, the submarine doesn't get stolen uh, and defeat Cypher, uh, who does escape. Important part. She she jumps out of the airplane and has a parachute, uh, but she gets away. Um, but they all come back together and they have a new little baby member of the family, Brian Toretto. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a, you know, a pretty comprehensive and uh as straightforward as you could probably imagine, a uh, plot summary of Fate of the Furious. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> that's about all the plot, uh, give or take some 6666 stunts. Yes, which we will get to. Uh, Layla, how do you feel about Dom in this one? How, how did Mr. Diesel hold up? I think Mr. Diesel, he's an actor. He was acting his little ass off in this movie. He's trying very hard, and I think pretty much getting results. I mean, he is in a soap opera. It's soap opera acting, right? I'm not expecting him to give me Anne Hathaway and Les Mis, right? He's not singing live and crying. It's fine. Um, he's doing his weird yelling. He's growly. He's not wearing a white tank top in this one because he's evil now. Now he has to wear a black t-shirt and a black jacket and dark wash jeans. So it's like, you know, it's very on the nose. But that's, he's, he understands the assignment, right? Mm -hmm. He got the assignment. He read it. He said, got it. And he fucking aced it. Yeah, I think he does a very good job, right? There's a lot of scenes with him and Cypher, and, like, there's a scene in particular where, like, they break into the nobody base and, like, stun everyone, and Letty's just like, Dom, what's going on? Uh, and then Cypher goes and just, like, makes out with him, uh, and and Dom is just, like, standing there stone-faced, and, like, when she pulls away, he looks mortified, but, like, in a way that somebody who's, like, trying not to show any emotions does, um, and, like, I, I think he's doing, like, an alright job, like, he he's he's doing the performance that we want to see and you got to respect that all i want so the ending scene of this film is like everybody on the roof to obviously they all have to have dinner at the end of every movie it's it's just mm -hmm. it's like resident evil they always get in a helicopter and fly off into the sunset uh fast and furious they have to be somewhere eating dinner all together as a family and uh I just was like looking at this scene and it's like six of the buffest men you've ever seen in your life and this little baby and some of the hottest women you've ever seen in your life on this rooftop. And I'm like, that's what this movie's about. Mm -hmm. Just just big, big men being respectful and driving fast cars. And I'm OK with that. I like there is a scene early on in this movie that made me think like. Is this movie, does this movie care more about, like, quote-unquote family values than, like, a lot of Christian media that yes, I've seen? Yes, because Christian media is performative. Yes, I think, I think that's 100% it, and we'll get to that in our talking point section, but, like, yeah, I think you nailed it. Which, like, um, this is Christian media. Have you seen that fucking cross? I mean, yeah, but, like, most, most, like, crucifixes don't have a tracking device in them. That's fair. That's <laughs> but fair. we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. Letty, um, oh. She's just, I just love her so much. They just put her through so much trouble. I just, uh, she, she's, they put her through the ringer and I wish that they didn't because I just want to see Michelle Rodriguez happy. Um, you know, she, she, she like is also doing very much like a devastated wife, uh, face whenever like Dom betrays them and like, and like whatever, you know, um, you know, the, there's like times where 
she's just thinking and like brooding and she looks like so pissed off but also like really really hurt um and there's also a great sequence like when dom is confront confronts her like when she's got the the nuclear football um and he he like this is he had previously you know apparently shot um shaw and like so it was like oh he's he's got a gun he's dangerous he, he'll kill any of them um and then she's just like i know you i know you love me you're not gonna fucking shoot me um and like the the way that she delivers the lines the intensity and like confidence of it is very impressive and good in a way that like is kind of what all these movies are about and it's it's really it's a really great scene i hats off michelle rodriguez uh the only scene i'm missing from michelle rodriguez other than her being happy is i do miss her fixing cars and tank tops like she looked be- listen michelle rodriguez is aging like the finest fucking wine i've ever seen in my life she is beautiful but i do miss her in a tank top fixing cars that was a highlight of six for me uh, I would like to bring back Michelle Rodriguez uh, greased up and elbow deep in the hood of a American muscle car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what nine has in store. Speaking of women I find very hot, uh, Charlize Theron is in this movie as Cypher. Uh, <laughs> what was with the dreadlocks? <laughs> For some reason, she starts the film with white people dreads. Uh, and she has to walk her out. Oh, she does? Yeah, I- they're just in a ponytail. <laughs> Okay, I could not tell. I, you know, it's a very strange choice. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, listen, I love that woman. She's hot in this movie. She's hot in, in Mad Max Fury Road. But the 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 dreads are a choice. It's a, it's a bad look. Um, but I think Cipher is like far and away the best villain this franchise has had ever. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody who comes close to the actual, like, she's, a, like, I actually am, like, d- d- she is dangerous. Right? Like, one, she kills Elena, which, like, I don't like as a narrative choice, but, like, I get why you make that choice if you're if you're eight movies deep into this. It's like, we gotta start fucking cutting characters. <laughs> the, the lore is too broad at this point. Um, but, like, I think that she possesses a level of, like, you know, genuine, like, like danger um even when she's just interacting with dom like she there's a point where she just like hands him a a gun she's like yeah i'm not i'm not afraid of you you can kill me um but if you kill me like you your wife and kid are dead like i'm not you can do whatever you you want but like i'm in control she has a bunch of really like i think hackneyed lines about like her ideology and like game theory that like somebody somebody who just finished their mfa was like i gotta crack some fucking shit out right now i gotta show people that i am a writer capital w um but she delivers them their own delivers them with like a straight face and like an edge like a menacing a menacing edge that i think is actually genuinely very impressive um so like I, I like Cypher as a villain a lot. And my favorite part is that she gets away in the end, which means that she's still out there and I, I assume comes up in Fast 9. Right. Yes. Uh, so there were there were definitely moments where I... <clears throat> I think I agree with you for the most part. There, there are moments, though, where she's, like, almost too overpowered. And it felt... I think it was just because I was getting bored in the second act. I was starting to get nitpicky. Mm-hmm. Um, which you cannot do with these movies. That nope. will take you immediately out. <laughs> no cinema sins here. No cinema sins here. So I think if the second act had just been like trimmed down a little bit and wasn't quite so like 
Because it's just so many storylines, right? Like, it's the family, it's Dom and Letty's tension, it's Dom and the son, it's Elena, it's Cypher and her goons, and uh, you're, like, trying to keep track of the family trying to get Dom back, but also what's Dom doing, and Dom's off to the side with Helen Mirren, like, it's... There's so much going on, and I'm like, we could have done this. I wouldn't have minded if we didn't even see Helen Mirren when he was fixing the car. Just have him fix the car and move on and be like, "Uh uh-oh, what happened? And then do that, like, flashback that they do at the end. And then show that he saw, like, Helen Mirren and, you know, the whole shit was shot. Like, it was just, Mm -hmm. it it just dragged, and I got got really disengaged. Um, But I do love her. I love that she commits to the bit. You have to do that in these movies. You have to commit Mm -hmm. to the bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, I love seeing Charlize and things. So, the zip rule. The team. Um. Roman has the best lines in this movie. Yeah, they they give Roman a lot to work with, and I think that that kind of is we we as people who have watched all these movies in like this year. Um. I feel like that our method is finally paying off because like when they talk about when Roman is like, oh, I've been here for four hours. My ribs are showing like we know that he's a guy who likes to eat and like that's part of his character. Um, and like, I think that's really fun. Um, but yeah, he, he does. He does a lot of very silly lines. Um, there's a bit where he's like driving his car uh, and he's just like big sexy coming through. Uh, he has this stupid orange Lamborghini that he drives on the ice. And then when everybody is like when all the, you know, um, separatists are shooting at him, he's like, why are they all shooting at me? And everyone's like, you're driving a fucking orange Lamborghini, dude. <laughs> what did you expect? Um, and, and there's also a bit where like he he after nearly getting drowned to death, um, comes up on the ice and shoots three dudes um, on snowmobiles, just, like, one after the other. And, and, like, they actually made him look cool for once in these movies, which I thought was uh, very nice for him. I think he deserved that. He did, yeah. No, it did. It did rule. Um, Taj was kind of low-key in this one. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. get a ton out of Taj. And Ramsey's great. I love seeing her. I love seeing her doing the... I'm in, you know? Yes, no, there's definitely a hacker duel between her and Cypher in a bit. Um, I think the the thing that Tej and Ramsey and Roman have is like, they're like, who you're going to, en- who are you going to end up with? You know, which, which one of us do you like more? Which is, I think, very stupid because um, Ramsey is too good for both of them. Uh, and she proves it because at the very end, she's like, listen, I like you both. Um, you know what? We'll decide this is which one of you can tell me my last name. And they're both just like, Mm. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's <laughs> it's gonna be Parker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like uh, Tej is smooth. I like Ludacris does a great job for what you know what he's here for. You you gotta respect that. Yeah, no, Luda and Tyrese have a great time. They have an mm-hmm. even greater time than the next one. Um, oh, I can't wait. I I hope I'm not overhyping nine, but it is it is the apex of cinema to me. Is the problem. excellent good? Uh, um, the Rock is here. He's a soccer dad. He's a soccer dad. His daughter, whoever they cast for his kid, is cute. No, she's great. A cute girl. Um, they he makes the soccer the girls' soccer team do a haka, which is extremely cool. Um, love to see that. Um, it's just the and- Rock, who is like what six three, in mm-hmm. the middle of these ten year old girls <laughs> leading this. Yes, it's it's really fun. It's really the thing is that the Rock at this point in his career can't not be the Rock. 
like his character just becomes Dwayne Johnson wherever he goes. And so Which like he can just do the haka and like and be like, you know, have all the soccer moms fawning over him. Uh, and everybody's like, yeah, this is just this is just what happens um, to, to Hobbs in his everyday life. Uh, it's really fun. Um, I mean, like and I think the main thing that Hobbs does in here is play off of Deckard Shaw. And like this is where we get into Hobbs and Shaw colon origins. Uh, because like I, I, I really feel like this movie is a pilot for that spinoff. Um, no, because- it really is. And like mm-hmm. you know, when I heard of so this is the only movie I haven't seen yet. Like I don't know how I just missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't seen Hobbs and Shaw. And when I heard about Hobbs and Shaw, I was like, fucking really, like, like what? These two motherfuckers are just quipping back and forth and back. At one point, <laughs> at one point, The Rock says. I'm going to slap the dick garage off his face. And I had to, like, rewind to make sure I heard him. It's it's incredible. They have great chemistry. They really do. Mm -hmm. Listen, the the rock gets a little homophobia as a treat. (laughs) How much? How much? How much what? Hold on. I'm about to do some live research really quick. This is the this is what the cipher Ramsey duel was like. Yeah, <laughs> just starting and re- and and stopping the propeller on the sub. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Okay, so oh, I'm surprised it's not it's not that much. Only 291 fan fictions on archiveofourown.org for Hobbs and Shaw. Um, mind you, that's across the franchise. That's the pairing Hobbs and Shaw, not for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, I, additional uh, of those two hundred and ninety-one, sixty-three are just porn. Oh, that's not even. That's not that, that much. There's so I bet you there's some very tender Hobbs and Shaw fan fiction out there. I bet there's one where Shaw has to go to a soccer game and be like the the temp coach. And- Do you want me to check for that? Uh, maybe, maybe. Um. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Live from AO3. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, there's not there's not a soccer coach one as far as I can uh, tell. That's a shame. It's a missed opportunity. It is. Uh, you've heard it here first, folks. If you're going to write, uh, I want competing soccer coaches, Hobbs and Shaw. That would be incredible. Um, great. Um, also, yeah, Helen Mirren is is um, Hobbs, uh, Decker Shaw's mom in this one, which is very fun. And uh, I guess uh, Owen Shaw comes back. They they liberate him from prison, and him and Shaw do a cool plane heist with uh, jetpacks. It's very fun. It is very fun. Uh, and Shaw has to do the with a baby in tow, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, he puts uh, sound canceling headphones on him and blasts some baby music that sounds weirdly familiar to me and and I, I cannot place it either but i know i've heard it yeah i, I mean for sure i got mm-hmm. we'll figure it out later mm-hmm. um mr nobody is here kurt um, russell with clint eastwood's son <laughs> yeah um they're just hamming it up uh there's a whole bit where like clint eastwood's son is is the rookie so he doesn't know how to do this like whatever illuminati shit mr nobody does um and like at one point he like threatens um the rock's daughter uh, or like he says like why aren't you doing this for your daughter basically like why aren't you teaming up with us because to, to help your daughter uh and the rock like nearly murders him like snaps him in half uh and mr nobody's like hey hey guys just let him let him go um but it's 
you know, it's a fun dynamic. Uh, I, I still don't understand the purpose of Mr. Nobody's character, except for just like some elusive man, like Illuminati guy who just shows up and he's just like, I'm from all of the world governments. Uh, and it's fine. I think that's it. He just has to enable them to like go anywhere to do anything. Yeah, he's, I guess he's that's a true. mechanism more more than a character. He's he, yeah, he's literally the machine of the god. Um, okay, and then of course uh, Elena. Can I say Elena has shown up in three movies with three different hairstyles, and she looks great in all of them. Yeah, no, she's incredible. Even the the very few minutes of screen time she gets in this, she uses very effectively. Um, they kill her to motivate Dom, which I think is sad, and you know, I w- I wish they hadn't done it. Uh, but like I said before, you know, you got to make sure that Letty has the opportunity to adopt Brian's or uh, not Brian's, um, Dom's son named Brian. Um, and like, unfortunately to do that, you have to kill Elena because we can't have a weird, you know, like, um, sister wife situation, <laughs> polygamy situation going in, not uh, the in Fast this franchise. Christian film, not in this, not, Christian not franchise. In this squeaky clean Christian franchise. No. So, uh, rip to Elena, uh. Wish you wish you had been treated better. Yeah, for real. She though in the few minutes of screen time she did have, like she capital A acted the shit out of them. But she's she's great. Yep. Yep. I agree. <clears throat> so let's so. talk about there's four main, I would say, like stunt slash action scenes in this one. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and I'd like to to rank them. Um how do you do you have an idea of what yours are? Of my rate, let's let's go through the four of them first to to give some okay. some context. Sure. So first up in chronological order, there's the Havana race, which these movies listen. There's a formula. You have to start them with a race. There has to be a lot of ass involved. There's mm-hmm. a great song that plays to open the movie by J Balvin and our King Mister Worldwide Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> there was Dolly. a moment. <laughs> Dale. There was a moment where I was sitting there. I was like, oh, I like this song. This sounds familiar. I think this is Jay Balvin. And all of a sudden, Pimple busts in like the fucking Kool-Aid man into my headphones. And I was like... I was like, oh, never mind. I know exactly who this song is by. Kaiocho, baby. Um, Yeah, Um, basically, right, Dom is racing this guy because his cousin is about to lose I think it's Letty's cousin. I think it's Letty's cousin. Oh, that makes more sense. Yes. (laughs) But it's his cousin by marriage. Ah, yes, yes. Um, so he's basi- racing because Letty's cousin lost a bet. So he is uh, racing to get the cousin's car back, I think, or something. No, he's racing to get that guy's car and also the car back. But he has to use the shitty cousin's car to do it. Right. And so he strips down the car to, like, nothing but its motor. It uses, like, a Coke can tab to hook up the Nas. And Letty's like, that's a bomb, not an engine. And Dom's like, I just have to make make it one mile. And uh, so they race, and the evil guy launches a motorcycle at Dom's car, which sets it on fire. Uh, The windshield does burst, and so to get the flames away from his face, Dom stops the car, turns it around, and does the last, like, quarter mile backwards. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's a really good sequence. It's it's so fun and over the top and exactly what you want to kick off one of these films. And at the very end, like the 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 engine is like literally like red hot burning. Like he can't stop it, so he has to like tell everybody get out of the way. He jumps out of it, and the car flies into the ocean. <laughs> it explodes. It rules. 
It is incredible. It is a beautiful set piece. And, like, nobody, this is normal for the people of Havana, apparently. Like, this is just your average have, day. The motorcycles Cuba. are there because there are people that stop traffic. They, like, go up in front of traffic and, like, hey, there's a car race going on. And everybody in Havana is like, oh, fuck, God, not again. <laughs> right. And so, uh, yeah, great set piece. Uh, two, the car swarm, uh, which is when Cypher hacks in to everybody. <laughs> This is why you don't connect your car to the fucking internet, folks. Yeah, your God. What was the product placement one? The uh, a Grand Cherokee. Don't connect <laughs> yeah. your Grand Cherokee to the fucking internet. Honestly, a bad choice for Jeep to be like, our cars are easily hackable. <laughs> Will you turn them into a weapon? Um, I I don't think this is the best scene because it goes on for a little bit too long. Yeah. But there is just like some incredible bits where like all the cars are just like turning on their own to chase down this one like Russian uh, limousine. And like they're like not only like are they like blocking them off and just like they look like they move like zombies in a zombie film where they all just like slide together. And like when they're trying to make the sharp turn, they like like pile up on each other and then keep going, which kicks ass. But also she is throwing them out of car parks at them, which is so fun. That's such a good touch. I I, I really like that. But even if I don't think it's technically the best one. Yeah, it's incredible. It's uh. A lot of fun to watch them just rain cars onto the streets of New York City. Um, next up is the prison riot, uh, which is when Mr. Nobody is trying to convince Hobbs, who got arrested because Dom got away, I think. Um, it, he's trying to convince him to, like, join his, like, sub-legal network or whatever. And so he just, like, kind of forces Hobbs' hand into opening all of the cell doors by, like, setting off the fire alarm or something, and just, it's a riot, and he has to, him, he, he has to get out of the prison without getting hurt, and also while Shaw is trying to kick his ass. Well, like, the thing is that Hobbs doesn't want to leave his cell. He's like, oh, hey, excuse me, officers, uh, my cell has accidentally come open. Please put me back in prison, because he's a fucking cop and a narc. Um, but, like, then he sees Shaw getting away, and he's like, oh, fuck. And then, like, you know, this is there's a there's a bit where, like, all the peop- the prisoners are yelling at him. And he's like, oh, we're going to cut the bacon off your back, pig, uh, which is really funny. Um, but then he has to, like, fight a bunch of prisoners. And, like, there's a bit where the riot troopers are, like, shooting him with rubber bullets. And they're, he's, they're just bouncing off of him. And he's like, no, absolutely not. And then it goes from him being extremely pro-cop to being fucking uh, Dwayne Antifa Johnson. And just going <laughs> ham on these officers of the law with their riot shields and their own weapons. It's really good. It is. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I maybe want to play Saints Row. Uh, mostly because I just there's a prison riot quest in there that I just did the other day. Um, new Saints Row, by the way. Wow. It's like playing through a Fast and Furious. It's incredible. Um, and then last but not least, the uh, submarine boss battle, which uh, it, essentially it's the family having to race the submarine to the sea lock to make sure it doesn't get into deep water. Um, it's got tanks. It's got Russian separatists. It's got heat-seeking missiles. It's got Nas. It's got Michelle Rodriguez. It's got... <laughs> this scene has everything. <laughs> The last, so the submarine is like surfacing and like trying to eat the cars like fucking Jaws, um, which is a very great touch. But like the last scene when the, when 
Vin Diesel redirects the missile into the submarine. There's a big fiery explosion. All the other cars come and shield him because he, he had to lose his own car. And they come and like form a shield around him. All five of the family's cars like shield his body with, with their cars. And it's like, yes, this is no longer a movie about people doing stunts. This is an action sequence. This is this is a superhero film. It's incredible. I love it. So, uh, with that being said, um, what is your ranking? Um, I think submarine boss battle is definitely first just because like, there's so much stuff going on and it's so stupid. Um, I think it might be a little bit long, but like the, the ending bit, especially just when they're like, we have to fight a submarine, a nuclear submarine now. Uh, and the fact that they blew up a nuclear submarine and it's not addressed that there are nuclear missiles inside it. Um, that's very fun. Okay. So they did actually address it as a throwaway line because, uh, Roman was like, uh, hey, we gotta get out of here. There's all sorts of nuclearification happening below us. And mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, Baby Eastwood um, was the one that was like, they don't have the detonator chips. They don't or have something. the codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. I remember that. But still, like, I would not love to have shot a nuclear miss, a, a regular missile at a nuclear missile, is all I'm saying. Yeah, um, I mean, it is uh, insane. Yeah, but that that's great. Um, you know, honestly, I think Prison Riot comes next. I think it's just a really good action sequence. I think both um, Jason Statham and and Dwayne Johnson are just really, you know, stunting their butts off, and it looks great. Um, I think, honestly, Havana Race is number three for me, just because of narratively it makes sense. It's just a really fun race. Uh, Car Swarm is just a little too long, and there's just, like, the, the best part about Car Swarm is the shots, not necessarily the action. Right. I fully agree with you. I think Car Swarm and Havana Race are like a little close for me only because Car Swarm does end with the sickest fucking uh, car tug of war in the world. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. Vin Diesel like gets uh, his car like hooked on to a bunch of cables from all the cars from the family and they have him like being stretched five ways and he gets out of it by slamming into Roman and then just like basically like uh like ball and chaining the rest of the four cars and and you know getting away from that situation that's a good point that 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 sequence owned because i was like how's dom gonna get out of this one and then he did it i was like yeah that's right act one and act three of this movie are so much fun to watch Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. just drag that's the thing. I think there there actually aren't that many like things in Act Two, unfortunately. Like Havana Race, Car Swarm, and Prison Riot, I would all say are Act One, um, and then Submarine Boss Battle is basically all of three. Act Two is just kind of like okay, now we have to make all of the people go around and do a lot of exposition. Which like, listen, you got to do Act Two is always the hardest thing to do in any any storytelling if you're doing a three act structure. Um, I get it. It's it's tough. I'm I am currently trying to finish up my act two and my my book, and it's just like, man, I hope this isn't boring because it feels boring. <laughs> yeah, God, no, I know how that feels like. I you know act two, actions are hard. They really are. But like, I don't know, man. I could have used like one more big set piece, mm-hmm. heisty. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's hard. Make sure at least the Rome do some flips. Yeah, she's seriously. a Mad Max. She knows what's up. Yep, yep. And she was Atomic Blonde. That's true. Yeah, she, she could she, she could do some stunt shit. She could do them in heels. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you have a great question. 
for our next talking point. So yeah, like like we were alluding to, this film, I don't necessarily think this whole franchise, but definitely this movie feels more pro-family values than than like a lot of Christian media. Like, you know, on my other podcast, Bible Boys, it's at the Bible Boys. Um, me and my two Christian ex-evangelical friends, Josh and Michael, are always watching Christian media. And a lot of them like do not like the ways in which they deploy stuff about quote unquote family values, like, you know, focusing on like, you know, traditional nuclear family roles, um, the importance of, you know, being, being there for the people in your life. Like that all does not land nearly as, as sincerely as it does in this movie. And I think as you said, at the beginning of the episode, the way that in which those films are performative, um, really hurts them because it doesn't feel genuine where in this film it feels very genuine. Um, for instance, like just straight up, we don't see Michelle Rodriguez like naked. Like we see there's an implied sex scene. We see them like post coital. Um, but like we never see like, it, like there are some ass shots certainly, but like th- those serve a purpose to show how like fun and sexy Cuba is. Um, and like, I, <sighs> especially like at the end of that scene where like he um dom doesn't take the guy's car he's just like the guy's like you know you have my car and you have my respect and dom is like you know what your respect's enough for me keep the car it's like that feels like it's trying to impart a message about the way men should live in a way that is much more clear and and sincere than like any fucking like fireproof ass horse shit that kirk cameron's been in like i i have to I really, truly think, especially since this film was underwritten by the U.S. military, almost 100%, like, it feels like it is getting at, at, a, at a way, at a method of, like, telling people how they, their families should live in a way that I think is more effective than any Christian media I've seen. Yeah, like, if you want to talk about traditional, quote-unquote, family values, like, even the, <clears throat> you could argue, right, that, that um, the relationship between Dom and Letty is, like, very complementarian, but, like... We can see that Letty can kick some ass. She's never restricted in anything. But there's a moment, like, during that conversation that's building up to the Havana race where that guy tells her to shut shut her mouth and she just goes, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and because she knows Dom's going to step in and, and be mm-hmm. pissy about it. And, like, listen, is that kind of relationship for me? No. Don't, don't do shit for me. But is it, like, the... I, I guess the most positive representation of that type of dynamic that I've seen, sure. Like, it just feels like if, if American Christian values were more like Fast and Furious, I just I just don't think we'd have Lauren Boebert out there unironically saying it's the end times and we've been chosen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? This This is a much more positive, like, you have to celebrate the people in your life and live for them. That's the thing about Christianity, especially evangelical Christianity, is that it is a death cult. It's um, miserable. Uh, and this is this representation of family is very much about enjoying life and the people in it. And, like, I can't believe I'm genuinely, sincerely saying this about the fucking Fast and Furious franchise, but it is true. Um... Fast and Furious is like an unironic, uh, you know, celebration of of life and the things that make life worth living in a very strange way um, that I have to give it up for. It's listen, if if life's about fast cars and hot women, I'm not complaining. Um, Amen, brother. (laughs) 
This is also a great advertisement for Cuba, by the way. Cuba looks... They they shot Cuba beautifully. Uh, One of the that- reviewers actually mentioned how, like, this this film was an a- analogy for the new opening of relationships, of U.S. diplomatic relationships with Cuba. So I think... <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I was wondering when this was in relation to, to that, uh, to us being able to, like, visit Cuba again. Um, or to the, like, easing of tensions between the U.S. and Cuba. I couldn't remember when that happened. Um... But yeah, it's, um, this, listen, was this underwritten by the U.S. military? Yes. Do I find it as obnoxious as I find Top Gun Maverick? Not, not as, you like, know? Listen, I've watched the Transformer films drunk, but I have watched them. I'm and so sorry. They, listen, but I was, ex- I was the closest I've ever been to blacking out watching Transformers, the fucking, the one with dinosaurs in it, and, um... <laughs> Uh, I don't remember much of it, but I do remember there was a lot of really bad product placement, and I was, and I didn't find that nearly as abrasive. There was only one line in this one, which was like, "Well, the, the reason that we have this tank, the tank can be piloted remotely because it keeps our soldiers safe." Uh, and I was like, "All right, Ludacris, I hope they paid you a lot of money to yeah, say Ludacris, that." Yeah, Ludacris, get your bag, because holy hell, it was a uh, fucking military propaganda if I ever heard it. But then again, they take that tank and they do drive it and they shoot fucking missiles at, at quote unquote, Russian separatists. Yeah, which, which <laughs> hey, y'all have the budget for a dialect coach. I should not need subtitles for Russian. I shouldn't. I'm fluent. Like, the only guy who I didn't need subtitles for, there were like moments. I say, I, I would say I've caught like 60% of it for the American actors. The two guys in the car did a pretty good job. Not great. The younger one did better. Um, there was a guy, one of the separatists in like the command center or something. He was a native speaker. He was fluent. I could understand him without subtitles. Hire a dialect coach. I beg of thee. Um, this movie made 1.2 billion dollars like come on come on (laughs) Um, but that leads me into the question Layla if we did have the ability to make a film with the backing of the US military uh, like this how would we how would we try to subvert it? I feel like that's a that's an interesting marketing minute because we, we often struggle with marketing minutes with these because there's so many but I feel like maybe that's that's a thing we could try to do how do we trick the military into paying us to make a movie hmm I wonder if we do it like a satire because satire is dead. Um, and I wonder if it's just like a starship trooper is like, I'm doing my part. Like everybody is like, we're, we try to show how war is hell, but we have a lot of really stupid uh, explosions. Um, I what wonder if, if it war, but make it parks and recreation. Okay, that's, like, unironically a good idea. <laughs> like, that would be really fun, I think. Just, like, this is how military bureaucracy works. It's stupid. Yeah, what if what if war but make it parks and recreation, and the way we're subverting it is by showing the bureaucratic bloat? Because there are moments where, where parks and recreation basically looks at the camera and goes, this is why your government sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what if, what if we did that? That would be very fun. I would just love a shot of, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson being like, well, we couldn't have more better food for for uh, this week, for this campaign, because the Pentagon had to buy 100,000 more tanks that we'll never use. Uh, that would be fun, I think. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, if we take that and run, right, you, you have mm-hmm. an episode based on, like, you know, okay, do you remember in elementary school, I, I'm, I'm hoping 
this happened. Uh, th- this seems universal. When kids would like trade food from their lunch boxes. Sure. What if we have a whole episode about just like trading MREs? Yeah. And there's definitely. like a whole like ranking system of <laughs> like what what like the coveted MRE is, you know, and like what the shitty ones are. And everyone that's knows definitely a thing in the real military. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent is. And so like you know, what if we just do like a whole elementary school style MRE swap with just like you know and show people like. You know, I think military. Actually, listen, I don't know if I could sell out to like I'm a sellout, but I don't know if I could sell out to the military. But like, bitches do have prices. You know what I mean? Listen, uh, I hate to say it, but I I need money to be alive, and I'm willing to take a lot of it. Yes, like I hate to listen. Listen, I wouldn't be proud of it. I no. wouldn't be advertising no. it. I wouldn't be on Twitter being like, it's actually fine to take money from from people who kill people uh, on, on a mass scale. But I would take that money. So Yeah, I would need it I would need the paycheck to be high enough that I could have money, but I could also give a significant amount of it to maybe other people yeah it's gotta be you gotta have some guilt money to (laughs) there's gotta be some trickle down you gotta have a carbon offset for your blood money i gotta i gotta i gotta be able to like make a dent in homelessness in buffalo if i'm gonna take Mm -hmm. the military's money yeah um anyway uh go army.gov uh spot this is sponsored mortified uh the friendship cuts a week uh let me tell you all the great things you can learn about boot camp by going to go army.biz uh, um <laughs> and the f7s are completely functional and they mm-hmm. definitely fly yeah we love the f35s they're not oh, a 35s. huge disaster <laughs> you know the name of the plane is right <laughs> Oh, God, and we are not trying to scam the United States Armed Forces for propaganda money, Layla. Where can we be found on the internet? Uh, you can find me at GoArmyDubbiz. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Um, I'm mostly working. Uh, hopefully, once I get my the bees in my brain straightened out, I'll go back to working on my webcomic. Uh, Aaron, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at AaronSXL, where I tweet about tabletop RPGs, health policy, and writing. Should have a new uh, YouTube review uh, up sometime this week. Uh, that's at AA Voigt, uh on YouTube for uh, tabletop games. Um, I also do another podcast with my two ex-evangelical friends. That's at The Bible Boys. Uh, it is our spooky season, so Michael will be torturing me and Joss by making us watch horror movies. Uh, we are going to record our episode about the 1973 Wicker Man tomorrow, uh, which should be interesting. Uh, it's an interesting film um, that I didn't find scary, but I did find... Uh, I'm glad I watched it. It was weird. I liked it. Um, it's also our spooky season, by the way. Oh. Um, I know you can't tell by this episode, <laughs> but uh, next week we are doing Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, fuck uh, yes. And we're going to be doing Nona the Ninth. I'm oh, finally going to get Aaron to watch The Secret of Nim, oh, my, my favorite Lord. movie, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and then we're still figuring out what the last week of October, what we're going to do. We're also uh, going to drop our episode on RF Kwong's Babel um, at some point or another. Uh, I have just been sick. And Aaron has had life happen, so uh, we have to put it off a little bit, but we will figure out a way to, uh, somewhere to squeeze it in as a bonus um, mm-hmm. once my throat feels better. Listen, we, we have Babel thoughts. We have, we have, we got, well, I'm not finished reading it, but yes. 
Uh, and then, uh, uh, don't forget November Scorpio special. Um, we don't know concretely what we're doing yet, but it might be a Tumblr sexy man countdown. So yes. So that'll be a good time. Please, uh, stay tuned. Mortified has great programming coming up for you in the last three great months of the year. Yes. And then as per usual, we do take the last two weeks of December off. So fill up on your content. Our theme song is Obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. You know, Aaron, life's been really rough lately. Um, and I do think that uh, between things that are happening in our personal lives and, you know, all the world events, I do think it's it's uh, we, we need to pay our respects uh, to the fallen Queen of England, who we respect very much on this podcast, um, do you have any thoughts? I'll give you t- until me finish me up. so bad. It was so bad. I'll give you until you. I finish me cuppa. And I'm fucking thirsty. We'll <laughs> see you all next week. Jesus Lord. <laughs> That's going to be a little reward for whoever stays till the end. <laughs>